What is going on, everyone? This is the Welcome to Hope podcast, and I am Rich Killen. Today, I am joined with one of our amazing therapists, uh, Miss Maddie McLean. Uh, I guess Mrs. Maddie McLean, sorry. Um, Maddie, how are you doing today? Good. I'm really excited to be on and just get to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, we're we're excited to have you. Um, so as, as some of you listeners know, we're, we're kind of going through with some of our, our therapists, just so you have an idea of um, just who our therapists are, their heart for people, their heart for counseling, uh, things that they kind of specialize in. And that way, if anybody out there is listening that is wanting counseling, uh, maybe there's a fit here, or if not, that's totally cool too. Um, we're just here to, to help in any way we can. But um, so Maddie, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Um, where, where are you from originally? Yeah, so I am originally from Dallas, Texas, and I'm a very proud Texan. I refer to myself as a Texpat living in uh, Arizona. <laughs> so, but I've kind of lived all over. I lived in South Carolina for a couple years in college, and then um, lived in Illinois for about seven years, and then have been in Arizona for a little over three years now. Okay, but you consider Dallas home? I do. Yeah. I think I'll yeah. forever uh, be a proud <laughs> Texan. Nice. Nice. Do you have like the cowboy hat and cowboy boots and the, the whole nine as well? I do. I have the whole nine. I have the whole 10. Yes. I have it all. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so after, so I guess when did you, you went to South Carolina, you said after you moved out of Texas, is that correct? Yep, so I went to college at the College of Charleston in Charleston, South Carolina for two years. I played volleyball there and then I transferred from there to a small school outside of Chicago, uh, Wheaton College, it's a small Christian school. Um, and I played volleyball there and ended up, because I transferred, um, I ended up having to take a fifth year. So I was at Wheaton for three years uh, in the end and then graduated nice. from Wheaton met my lovely husband there. He's from <laughs> Illinois. So we got married shortly after college and moved a couple hours south in Illinois to his hometown in central Illinois and lived there uh, for the first four years of our marriage before moving out to Arizona. Awesome. And so what ended up bringing you out to Arizona? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> A couple different things. We jokingly say the sunshine <laughs> brought us out to Arizona. I really struggle with cold weather. The Midwest was <laughs> taking its toll on me. I mean, seriously, though, when we talk about mental health, it was it was taking its toll on me. And I needed a change. Um, just being from Texas, it was really, it was a hard uh, adjustment for almost a decade to kind of live in what felt at times like perpetual winter. Um, but... Yeah, we, my husband was able to transfer uh, with his job from Illinois uh, out to Arizona. So it was a fairly easy decision for us. We wanted something new. We wanted a new adventure. We had never been to Arizona yeah. before. Uh, so we came out on what we call the scouting trip for like 48 <laughs> hours. And we were like, nice. yep, love it. Let's do it. And then the second time we were ever here was when we were moving across the country to, to live here. So it was awesome. Nice. Nice. So did you end up going to grad school here in Arizona? 
I actually, so I knew that we would be moving in the middle of grad school. So I wanted to do a hybrid program, which was um, Mm. mostly online with some intensives in person. So that's kind of how I narrowed down my search for grad programs. And I ended up at Colorado Christian University. So I did my master's in clinical mental health counseling through CCU and absolutely loved it. It was an amazing program. I am still really close with a lot of the people from my cohort and stay in touch with some of my professors. And it was awesome for what I needed with, I mean, we moved across the country in the middle of grad school and it was perfect. It allowed us to do that and felt like I got just awesome training there and really thankful for my time there. Nice. Quick little shout out there to Colorado Christian University, huh? Yes. 10 out of 10 would recommend their (laughs) master's in clinical mental health counseling program. Awesome. Um, So what made you decide to get into this counseling field? That, yeah, that's a really interesting question for me because people ask me that a lot and I don't have like a cookie cutter answer. I actually did not, I had never taken a psychology class before I went to grad Hmm. school. My undergrad was in political science with an emphasis in international relations. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then I worked at a church. I worked as a personal trainer. My background is in athletics. So I, I did those after I graduated from college. So kind of had an unconventional lead in into the counseling field. But really, the common thread my whole life has been that I'm just really passionate about people's stories. I love just sitting across from someone and getting to know them and getting to know their heart and their life and just felt like, man, this is what I'm so passionate about. If there's a way that I can do this, uh, you know, for my job, then I would love that. And that kind of led me into the counseling field. I had quite a few people that were close to me in my life, including my husband, just kind of speak that into me and just say like, hey, is this something you've thought about? And as I started to research it and really think about it, it was like, man, I I think this could be a really good fit. And, Mm. you know, I tell people just because I'm a counselor, it doesn't mean that I'm entitled to your story. It is not a right right that I have. It's still a privilege. And I really view it like that. It, even though it is my job professionally, it still is a privilege to get to sit across from someone and to be let into their heart and their story and, often their pain and their joys. Um, I think those can both feel equally, equally vulnerable to different people. Um, and I love it. So I think just being passionate about people's stories is, is really what led me into it. But yeah, I didn't have a conventional uh, route to this. Yeah. So it it sounds like some of this was kind of, uh, bubbling under the surface a little bit. Um, and then you, Mm -hmm. you had some people you trusted in your life that kind of I don't know if pushed is is the right word, but kind of maybe guided you into this direction, and it just um, it just all seemed to to fit and click as you the more you learned about it. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because now I look back and it's like this is clearly what I was supposed to be doing. I like know that without a shadow of a doubt, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, and I feel so confident in kind of what I would consider my calling into this field. But yeah, at the time, I think it's a good way to describe it as it was bubbling under the surface. And I had some people that just really saw me and knew me well enough to call call this out of me and call me into this, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah, yeah. It pays to have 
good people in your corner. Absolutely. That can, that can help you help guide you in, mm-hmm. in various ways. So that I love that. That's great. Um, one thing you had mentioned, you, you were talking about how not everybody or, or you haven't necessarily earned the right for the person sitting across from you in a counseling session to share their story with you. Um, and and I, I like that. I think that's a really great perspective. Um, and I think something that a lot of people don't necessarily think of when they go to counseling. Um, but I'm kind of curious where, like, where, where did you get that from that, that approach? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been asked that. It's an interesting (laughs) question. Um, I think, I think people's stories are the most powerful and sacred part about them. For me, Mm. it really it really does seem like a sacred space in, in the counseling room, whatever that looks like, if it's a traditional office or another setting, but that is such a, a sacred, vulnerable place. And you, no one has the right to someone else's vulnerability. So right. I think for me, when I think about, it takes unbelievable amounts of vulnerability and unbelievable amounts of courage to step into counseling, especially for the first time, that can feel really scary and it can feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I just want, I want to respect that and I want to acknowledge that. And if it takes a client three, four, five, six sessions to finally feel comfortable, that's worth it to me. It's worth it to me to be patient and to let someone go at their own pace and to just to let them know I'm not here to push. I'm here to support. I'm here to just be with you. And if being with someone looks like not saying a lot for a few sessions, Mm -hmm. that's okay. If being just being with someone looks like someone coming in the very first session and just spilling their whole life story, that's okay too. It's all welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's great. Um so it sounds like you're just sounds like you're just a very genuine person. Like the person you are outside of work is kind of the same person you are inside of work. Would you would you agree with that? I like to think so. I think <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm really thankful that I didn't have a conventional path into counseling because and there's nothing wrong with that. I know some of the best counselors I know knew that was their goal from high school and and went straight through that path. So there's nothing against that. For me though, I'm really thankful that I had just a lot of life experiences. I didn't go back to grad school until my late 20s and had lived a lot of life, had been in counseling myself during mm-hmm. my early mid 20s and that was such a positive experience and so I think for me I know that I'm not going to be the one who makes the changes. I can be the one to help challenge people if that's appropriate or just support and encourage people. But ultimately, clients and and people in general aren't going to feel comfortable or feel motivated to make a change unless they really connect with it. And I I can't make someone connect with a goal. So, But what I can do is create an environment where someone just feels safe. And for me, helping someone feel safe, the best way to do that is just being genuine. It's just, hey, here's who I am. 
and I'm not going to be the best fit for everyone. No counselor is the best fit for everyone, but hopefully I'm the best fit for the person in front of me and just helps them feel like, okay, this is a place where I can just figure like figure my crap out, honestly. (laughs) And, and I, I love being able to provide a space like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned athletics is your background. Mm-hmm. Um, th- does that play into what what you do and how you approach people and populations you work with and things like that? Yes, boy, does it. Uh, <laughs> so I played volleyball for seventeen years. I had older sisters. Time. Yeah, I had older sisters who were quite a bit older than me um, who were already playing soon after I was born. So, I mean, I literally grew up in a, as a gym rat kid, and, yeah. but I loved it. It was my, you know, biggest passion for most of my life for 17 years. So, and, and you know, of course that affects, you know, athletics affects so much, especially when you play for that long and at, at a high level, it affects everything about you. For me, it affected the way that I viewed people, the way that I mm. viewed strengths and weaknesses and working with someone and supporting people and encouraging and challenging one another. And so much of who I am was formed and shaped and forged on the volleyball court and in the weight room and just everything that that went along with that. So yeah, I think it absolutely informs just my outlook on life, my perspective, my, my core values. And, you know, I, my core values as a counselor and what I want to create an environment that's, that is full of is courage, grit, and healing. You know, obviously healing is a huge part of what we do and what we hope to do and what we hope to facilitate. Um, But I also believe that that takes unbelievable amounts of courage and a lot of grit, which are two things that I saw as an athlete on and off the court in something that I came to really value uh, professionally as I transitioned out of my career and into my professional work. So, and I do specialize in working with athletes. So that has absolutely informed and shaped um, the population that I work with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of touched on this, but you know, in athletics, especially in a team sport, such as volleyball, you're, the goal is to win as a team. And sometimes that looks like helping the person next to you succeed because that's what's best for the team. And I I can kind of see some parallels between that and what you described as, as your job as a counselor, where your, your goal is to help the person sitting across from you achieve their goals um like that's that's sort of the team win if you will uh it's not about your stats or anything like that it's about the other person being able to be successful in that that moment or whatever their definition of success is yeah absolutely and that's such a great way to put it because i always want my clients whether they're athletes or not athletes i always want them to feel like they have a teammate sitting in front of them or beside them or or even behind them like just rooting them on and the role of a teammate can look different in a lot of different seasons. It can be the encourager. It can be the challenger. It can be just doing like failing together. It can be succeeding together. It can be figuring it out together, taking new approaches. But I always want my clients to feel like they have someone who is fiercely in their corner. Yeah. 
I love that. I, and I think so often, I mean, I've had people come into my office where all they're wanting is just, they just want somebody to support them. And that that's it. Like they, they don't necessarily, sometimes there's not even a whole lot going on in their lives, but they just keep coming and coming because it's maybe the one place in their life where they feel supported and feel like somebody's got their back, somebody's in their corner, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I, I love what you just said there. Um, so you said you, you work a lot with athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in what sort of capacity do you work with athletes? Yeah. So I obviously work for life tree. Um, I do mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of different stuff with life tree, but I also, um, have my own practice, my own private practice called victory sports counseling, and it specializes in working with athletes. So my office is in Scottsdale. It's the same location as my life tree office. Um, and yeah, I do general mental health, but with the athlete population, there are really unique factors and dynamics when you're working with an athlete that not not everyone is knowledgeable about, not everyone is aware of, and for an, an athlete, especially at the elite level, so like elite high school through college up through professional, um, there is just a different level of cultural considerations to take into account and different, way different types of pressure. And there's a different physical demand on athletes that mm-hmm. obviously our emotions and our mind and our brain and our mental health is connected to what's happening with us physically. So there's a lot of interesting interplay between that with athletes and yeah, just the demands that athletes are under are significant, especially in our culture. And there's a lot of stigma around mental health in general in in culture, although we're moving, I think, into a better space at that. But certainly still with the athlete population, there's a lot of stigma with mental health. Athletes are taught mm-hmm. to fight through and show no weakness and, you know, all of that jazz. And unfortunately, that a lot of times leads leads athletes to feeling really isolated and feeling like there is no one that they can reach out to because it will look like weakness either to their own teammates, their own coaches, their opponents, uh, fans, if you're at a high enough level where that's a dynamic that, you know, you're involved with. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so there's a lot, a lot with athletes that I'm so passionate about. I'm so passionate about just helping athletes feel like they are known and seen for what they right. uniquely have to deal with and to feel safe yeah. in that space. Yeah. I, and I think a, a few things kind of stand out when I think about like what an athlete goes through. One is, you know, I think there's some pressures, uh, whether it's pressures being put on you or pressures that you put on yourself to succeed and things like that. And then you also have, um, you know, if if you're a a student athlete, then you also have to deal with the academic side of all of that. Um, then you've got, you know, injuries and coming back from, from those kinds of things. Cause depending on what the injury is that, that can stick in your mind for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be a hard thing to get over. And then sometimes even just the like end of career transition. Um, I know for myself, when I stopped playing, that there was a whole identity switch there because my entire life up to that point was on, was based on me being an athlete. And then I wasn't the one anymore. And then it was like, well, now what? 
Yeah. So I, I would imagine, uh, I mean, there's there's a whole lot more that goes into it, but those are the three three things that kind of stand out in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you nailed it. Um, you know, I, I love working with athletes in all capacities, but really like my sweet spot where I really have a soft spot in my heart for is those transitional periods as an athlete. Because mm. when you're in a transitional period, whether that's call it the college recruiting process, which is just nuts for, for athletes and their families, or it's actually transitioning into collegiate athletics or changing positions or coaching changes or injuries, and then all the way to the, the transition into retirement. Those are such vulnerable moments for athletes. Physically, sometimes obviously with injury and retirement, physically it's a huge change, mm -hmm. mentally and emotionally. Um, your, you know, your support system changes with each of those milestones, each of those transitional periods. And it's a time where a lot of athletes, myself included, struggle and struggled to figure out who they were and what their identity looked like apart from their sport and integrated with their sport. And, you know, injury was a big part of my career. I had a career ending injury. So injury and retirement went hand in hand for me, which was a yeah. really complicated, really hard period. And I'm really thankful to, for the support system that I had during that. But I know that not every athlete has that. And that's where that's such a soft spot in my heart is really wanting to come in and just say, hey, let me be your teammate in this season. We can redefine what teammate looks like, but I would mm -hmm. love to just walk with you through this. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. Like you said, it's such a underserved population and there's stigma in there and, and all of that. Um, so I, I love that you're doing that. And so if, if there's an athlete out there that is uh, interested or wanting to seek counseling um, with a, you know, with, with that strong kind of athletic component to it, or at least with somebody that, that knows about athletics, how, how would one get a hold of you? Yeah, that's a great question. So my website is victorysportscounseling.com. Um, my email is also a great place to get a hold of me. It's just Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E, at victorysportscounseling.com. Also on my website, I have a lot more information just about the difference between sports counseling and sports psychology and some of the services that I offer. And then there's also a contact form on the website that's pretty easy to find. And you can just fill out the form there and I'll get an email and I usually try to respond within 24 hours. So either of those email or website are great. I think my phone number is also on the website. So, you know, you can go and find that as well. So any yeah. of those would be great. Yeah. So if there's any athletes out there that are interested in counseling, go check out Maddie's website. Um, you'll, you'll be glad you did. Um, so Maddie, one, one thing I've been asking everybody when I get them on here, um, because I feel like I've, I've had clients who sometimes assume that we've got it all figured out. Um, you know, and we know how to deal with our own anxieties and our own sadness and all the emotions that come with life, but we don't. Um, so I've been kind of asking everybody what, how, how do you cope? What are, what are your like go-to coping skills that you typically use? Yeah. Wait, so are you telling me that your life isn't perfect? 
<laughs> that's exactly that's, what that's I'm telling shocking. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're human beings. Like we're just people and people have pain, people have joys, people have wins and losses and victories and grief. And I don't think there's a counselor on this planet who's immune to any of those things, myself mm -hmm. included. And, you know, I've been in counseling before. I already mentioned that in my early 20s, mid 20s, I was in counseling and it was awesome. And I actually just started going back to counseling about two weeks ago, just because you know, I always tell people never trust a therapist who's not in therapy at some point, <laughs> but it's just so important. It's so good to just, just have a space to be yourself and to just process what you're going through. So obviously I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy. <laughs> um, but also, you know, just for me, nature is kind of my happy place being in water of really any type, which is hard in Arizona, but yes. you know, pools, lakes, even like a shower is very calming. That's kind of my happy place just to decompress and chill. So seeking out water, seeking out being in nature. We love to hike. I love to hang out with my husband. He's great. We have a kitten who's in a very destructive stage, but brings a lot of joy. Um, but yeah. And, and for me connecting with my own support system and my own people, my friends, family is really, really crucial. I, I know that I can't do this job without my own really strong intentional support system. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, well, Maddie, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on here. I, I love your, your passion for life and just your passion for, for people in general. And I think that definitely comes through, um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're talking with people. Um, so again, it was, it was a pleasure having you on here. Um, and we may have to get you on at some other time to, to talk more about this, uh, um, victory sports counseling. I would love that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, all you listeners out there, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more episodes uh, coming up next week. Um, hope you enjoyed it. The content in this program is not intended to be a substitute for professional counseling, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking counseling because of something you have heard on this podcast. If you or someone you know is in need of counseling in the state of Arizona, feel free to call us at 602-488-6104. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call 911 immediately. If you are in Maricopa County, Arizona and are in a behavioral health crisis, you can call the crisis hotline at 1-800-631-1314. If you are outside of Maricopa County, please call your local crisis hotline or call 1-800-273-8255. If you're located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.